This is ESPN Radio. Not too many times you can talk about the Colorado Buffaloes on the same line with the Denver Nuggets and the Denver Broncos. But that's what Deion Sanders has been able to do after they upset TCU in week one of college football. He is my Metcalf. I'm Freddie Coleman. I always appreciate you joining us here on ESPN Radio this morning, also on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance. He's one of our favorites. He used to be a former co-worker of ours. Now he does a great job doing morning radio in Denver, also part of Fox Sports coverage of the NFL. He is Mark Slurth. He has not one, not two, but three NFL championship rings on his fingers. Can't wait to talk about the Deion Sanders effect in that city, in that state. Mark, you know this guy. You played against this guy in the NFL. You guys have Super Bowl championships. What has it been like 70, less than 48 hours since what Deion Sands and Colorado did on Saturday, knock off number 17 TCU with 86 new players from the transfer portal. Yeah, it's Freddie, man. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, first off, it, it's not just what he did and what his team did on Saturday. It's what he's done since the day he walked in. The day he walked in here, Colorado Buffalo football is irrelevant in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Nobody follows it. We don't ever talk about it it's just not it doesn't exist and instantly put it on the map instantly made it popular instantly had people talking about it and i tell you it has just been absolutely amazing to watch what has transformed up in boulder under Deion sanders it has become a relevant program and let's face it myself and everybody else thought hey man this is really cool it's a lot of fun it's going to take some time for them to be relevant Bam, they come out, score 45. Shadour Sanders throws for 510. Travis uh, Travis Henry is, uh, I think it's Travis Henry, right? Am I right? Hunter. Uh, Travis Hunter. Hunter. You had it right the first time. Yeah. We're here for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, I mean, unbelievable performance. It, it, was, it, was, um, it was really unreal. And um, I tell you, it has been so exciting around here to be able to talk Buffs football. I mean, everybody's everybody is just injected life. I went to the grocery store yesterday. I've never seen so many Colorado Buffalo hats and T-shirts. <laughs> to me. So it is what he's done. It, it, I mean, it's a marketing deal. Whatever they spent to sign Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, they under they, they undervalued it because what he has brought to this community is uh, it is it's unreal, the impact economically and just the excitement impact that he has brought. Mark, I think a lot of people would say the post-game press conference was, was a bit uh, unreal. Uh, Dion made it sound like maybe he was too brash and flashy for Colorado. What's been the reaction to his style, just the way that he approaches everything? Yeah, I think there's, you know, I think there's been, obviously, there's a minority of people that don't like it, you know. I mean, and they always have the loudest voice, right? Um, they're always the ones that are screaming. But I think for the majority of people, um, they were excited. There were some people that were upset when he came in and talked about he's, uh, you know, he's bringing his own luggage and it's Louie and, mm-hmm. you know, getting the transfer portal. But that was a 1-11 team that was cre- that was essentially um, ranked as the worst team in college football. And, you know, it wasn't one of those things where he snuck up on anybody. He let them know exactly what he was doing. Uh, some of you aren't good enough to play here. And, and I don't have, and I think the majority of people don't have any problem with it. Now, there's always those who are going to have hurt feelings. Um, over truth and over reality, right? Over the what, what really goes on. So there will always be a few that have hurt feelings, and those people are probably going to have the loudest voice. But I think the majority of the people understood that this program, um, this program was, you know, in the dumps. And I'm telling you, I mean, they couldn't give away 
in their spring game, they couldn't they couldn't sell tickets. They wow. gave away about thirteen hundred tickets a year to their spring game. Wow. They were sold out. They sold the wow. tickets, and they were sold out. And ESPN was covering it. One of two, I think they covered Alabama's spring game and Colorado's spring game. Come on, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's stuff that has never happened here before. It's ridiculous. Wow, great! So I'm Mark Schler from one hundred four point three, the fan in Denver, also from the NFL on Fox, has a great podcast called the Stinking Truth Podcast, joining Freddie Coleman and Mike Metcalf this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. And ESPNU, I don't want to say that this is putting pressure on the Denver Broncos based on their troubles, but when you have somebody that's white hot like this, how much of that spotlight turns to the team that really owns that city when it comes to Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, the first year together, and the Denver Broncos, think? Yeah, I mean, the Denver Broncos will always be the priority in this town. Um, it's Denver Broncos and everybody else. And, and just the fact that Dion has um, – you know, has brought a program in there that people are talking about is is pretty significant. But you know, I think that I think Sean Payton has done a really good job of basically taking control of his organization. Essentially, taking a lot of the um, taking a lot of the the uh, just the the things given to Russell Wilson in in last year, and uh, you know, the privileges given to Russell Wilson and, and reeling those back in, saying we're not going to do that. We're not going to put ourselves above our teammates. And I don't think it was Russell Wilson trying to do it. I mean, it's just like, hey, man, I want my quarterback coach. I want my this. I want my that. And, you know, that's not how we're going to operate. So from a, a culture changing, you know, you always hear this. Coaches come in and say, hey, we've got to change the culture of this organization, blah, 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 blah. Um, easy to say, hard to do. But it was little things like, you know, I've done games over in Denver, you know, and I've, mm-hmm. I've been in that cafeteria where, you know, the, the little meeting room is right off the cafeteria where the players eat. And you go in there to grab something to eat. And, um, there's a bunch of business people with their clients eating where the where the players are. Like that's a sanctuary. Wow. Right off the bat, within a couple of weeks, Sean Payton gets into that organization. And goes whoa, whoa, whoa! Non-essential employees are not allowed in our cafeteria. Stop! Like you know, you can't. You go in there in your shorts and no shirt on, and there's a family in there that with the, from the business offices. That, that ain't gonna happen anymore. Like that's our sanctuary, man. That's our players should be able to go in there, grab something to eat, talk about the game plan, do whatever, without having to worry about, you know, about some of the language and some of the, you know, some of the, just the, the vernacular that is used when, you, when you're talking about football. So just little things like that that have completely changed uh, the dynamic nature of this organization. And I think you're going to see that bear fruit on the football field this year. Mark, you've seen a lot of football, played a lot of football. Sean Payton is here. How much of what you saw last year with Russell Wilson and his flaws is fixable? Yeah, I think that I think that anything that you look at from the standpoint of a player, every one of us has things that we do well, yeah. and every one of us has some things that aren't, you know, our strongest component. And you know, Bill Belichick always says, "Don't tell me what a player can't do; tell me what he can do." And then it's our job as coaches to find out, hey, is that valuable enough? Is that asset valuable enough for us to keep on our roster and make it more situational? Because the game has become, as you guys know, a very situational game. And so that's really the key. And I've talked to Sean Payton on multiple occasions. Uh, a couple, I think, probably two years ago, we had a, a really impactful talk. I called him before the season and said, hey, man, can you give me, you know, a half hour to an hour of your time? Just talk about game planning and how you go through things. And one of the big takeaways for me was sitting there with him, talking to him about game planning. He says a lot of young coaches will go after, a, you know, a juicy matchup. They go, hey, man, we like our guy on this guy. And, we love you know this play against that defense, and, and oh, it's going to be so good. And it may expose a weakness that you have. Maybe it's a right tackle that can't block their 
their left defensive end. And, but it'll expose weakness. And a lot of young coaches will say, hey, yeah, but the matchup's so good. We just got to hold up. We just got to hold up. And you may hold up one or two times. You may even complete a ball. But it's that third time in the fourth quarter in a close game where you get strip sack, fumble, touchdown the other way, and you lose the game by three. And so Sean Payton's point was the first priority for me is to mitigate weakness. Don't ask a guy to do something he can't do, right? I mean, if you ask somebody to do something they can't do, expect them to fail. Mm-hmm. And if they fail, don't get mad at them. Be mad at yourself because you're the dumbass to put them in the position to fail. <laughs> and, right? And so, so you've got to know what your players can do and what they can't do. And one of the things that you saw in this preseason, you saw Russell Wilson, obviously, he's lost some weight. He's in better shape. You saw them use the boot game. You saw them use the quarterback run game. You saw them use some of the quick outside passing game. You know, he's, he's five foot ten. So sometimes it's hard, you know, you want to use quick game, three-step game. Well, that three-step game's got to be outside the numbers. Right. Because if you're throwing three-step inside and you're trying to hit little spot routes or a scat hang, you know, it's hard to see that stuff for that quarterback. So make sure those plays are outside. And then there's a lot of play pass stuff they use, which they use really effectively in Seattle. They run the ball, run the play pass stuff where you keep a tight end and on one side, maybe back on the other side. So it's a seven-man protection. You know, and you're getting these two-man, three-man routes out, out of the backfield, maybe an eight-man protection with a two-man route. And and basically, your quarterback now drops back a deep seven-step drop. He's at 11 and a half yards behind the line of scrimmage. Well, guess what? It opens up the middle of the field. I can see all that now because I'm so far away from the pass rush. So a lot of things that you can do um, that, honestly, Pete Carroll did for years in Seattle um, – that are very effective, and I think that's exactly what you'll see for Russell and, and one of the reasons I think you'll have a big bounce back here. 30 seconds left. If I give you over-under wins for the Denver Broncos at nine, are you taking the over or the under? Ooh, I would probably take the I'm, – I'm, I think that's where I had them, right at nine, Freddie, so you make it, you make it really difficult for me. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go over. Hmm. Okay. I'll go over. Okay, I can see that with their defense, and if he has that kind of bounce back with Sean Payton, I could definitely see that being a 10-win team in a loaded, loaded AFC. Always appreciate you, brother. You know how much we miss you here, remember. Keep knocking out in Denver in the NFL on Fox, Mark. Thanks so much. Will do. Take care. Bye-bye. Great stuff by Mark Schlepp, like we mentioned, from the Fan 104.3 in Denver, also from the NFL on Fox. Hit him on social media on the X at Mark Schlepp. I'll throw that at you real quick, Myron. Nine wins over under with the Denver Broncos. Are you taking the over the under? I got to take the under there. I, I just don't know enough about Russell Wilson. Like, to, to me, I covered Donovan McNabb in Minnesota, right? When it was clear, it was over, mm-hmm. right? And it was pretty sudden. And I think that's what happens with guys. Russell Wilson looks so much different from the guy we saw in Seattle. It's just hard for me okay. to say he's definitely going to bounce back with Sean Payton. That division is what it is. Chargers, Kansas City. I'm going to go with the under because I just can't assume more without knowing if Russell Wilson is going back to who he was in Seattle. I can't wait to see how it's going to look because they're going to run the ball first when they got that kind of a running lot. game. They got guys on the outside with Cortland Sutton and the Jerry Judy comes back. They they got productive wide receivers, but if Sean Payton believes to help out the quarterback, you got to be able to run the football and establish that line of scrimmage. And if Russell Wilson can't make plays based off the running game, then it's going to be a very, very short marriage. Britney Spears-esque involving Russell Wilson and Sean Payton oh, when it comes to you. Did I say out loud? Have I said too much? Have I gone too far? I probably have. I'm Freddie Coleman. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Right on target. We're going to see if they're going to hit that one more time when it comes to those two. He's Martin Metcalf and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. It's only week one so far in college football. But if somebody's season already over after losing during week one, 
of college football. That's next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. He's my Metcalf. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. We're getting our groove on, unlike LSU last night. Early on in that ball game, even though they had a three-point lead, it could have been a lot bigger. Could have been a lot better for them. They have fourth and one twice, did not convert, including fourth and one at the goal line. They had a three-point lead, and they're probably thinking, hey, Florida State can hang with us. We'll be able to fix it. Then, Byron, you looked up. It was not seven, not 14, not 21, not 28, but 31 unanswered points by the Florida State Seminoles. Normally, we don't say that somebody can lose their season in week one, but before we get to the 12-team playoff, losing that game last night, may have made it exponentially harder for LSU to try to find a way to have a margin of error that went out the window, losing that game that way last night to Florida State. It was a critical game for, for both teams uh, that could have playoff implications. Uh, before I get to that, I want to pull that curtain a little bit. All right. I like to dance at the start of, of each segment. Like, this There's isn't wrong me. With that. I'm not putting on a show. This is just who I am. Like, you know, I like mm-hmm. to do it. Okay. Pat in my ear as I'm dancing right. to Tupac okay. uh, is like, stop. He told me to stop. But Pat, why'd you tell me to stop dancing? What was yeah, he- especially when Pat's we- like the anti-dance person. You're telling someone yeah, who can what? actually have dance what? moves to what stop. Wrong? Am that's I dancing what I too know. much? Like, what? I just didn't know that that's what we were calling dancing now. In the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> Listen, man. When did you become the dance the authority? Show. That's what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, hold on a second. You went to one J. Will party, and now you get to decide what dancing is? Come on, man. I will say, back to the matter at no, hand. Hold on a second. We're on this now for a little bit. Hold on a second. We're on this in now. My ear, he, was like, he was like, stop. He told me to stop dancing <laughs> really? to Tupac. And wow. I was actually doing the Tupac dance. That's how he dances in the video. Exactly. So that's what I was doing. But see, Pat wouldn't know that because the kind of music Pat, – Pat's more of a classic rock fan. He's not – a Tupac, hip hop, any kind of fan no, that I'm, way. I'm a Tupac fan. Oh, Myron's are? not Tupac. <laughs> I was doing the dance. The dance when he does that, that's what he does in the video. That's the dance. Pat was that not I convinced, apparently. Is it now? Okay. 
I think we were watching different videos. I quit this. I quit this show. I quit this show. Thirty X minutes early, man. This keeps up. Not That's for nothing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not liking Pat uh, getting in your ear, but I'm not hating on that. Like, or oh, is it now? I'm not hating on that response. I was somebody found your keys and is waiting for you at your house, man. Have we got any, have we got any updates from Jay Will about finding your keys or he's just leaving you to your own devices? That's what I want to know. He texted me like five minutes before the show and said he and his daughter looked for them and found nothing. But that'll look again yeah. today, so who knows? Okay. That means those keys are never Fingers finding. Fingers crossed. Those keys are yeah. never showing up. So back to the matter, yeah, Hammer. Back not. to LSU. Back, back to, <laughs> to what find we're here to discuss. <laughs> Back to what we're talking about. <laughs> LSU is obviously in a difficult spot now. First and foremost, I think the biggest problem is if you give up 31 unanswered points, it's like, what's wrong with your defense? So I know yeah. Brian Kelly's saying we got to fix this and we got to fix that. Like, that to me is one of those things, Freddie. Well, maybe the defense just is that bad. And if that's the case in a league like the SEC, yes, you have the Alabamas that you're going to face and teams that are at that level. But those old Miss games and some of those other teams, mm-hmm. you know, those, those are no guarantees if that is uh, your defense. So I, I just think they got a lot of things to fix. Florida State looks like they got one of the biggest wins you could have to put them on the path to the playoff in their league. But now LSU uh, might be on the outside looking in after losing that opportunity last night. And I wonder how much of that was going through Brian Kelly's mind when he said after the game that this LSU team – I don't know what that team was, but that's not the team I thought I was going to see after what we went through in summer camp. And it all just completely blew up in their faces in game one last night. Congratulations to Florida State. They played a great second half. Um, They were the better football team tonight. And, um, you know, we certainly uh, are not the football team that I thought we were. And got to do a much better job, obviously, and developing our football team. We... uh, Clearly, we're short in a lot of areas tonight, and that falls on me to get our football team to be better in most of the competitive areas that you saw tonight. When you run your mouth like he did on his radio show last Thursday, saying we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State, and then you look like that in the first half, missing out on not one but two opportunities to convert a fourth and one, and then you look outclassed and outcoached in the second half, after you told everybody that this game was not going to be close, we're going to put it on those Seminoles, and they reversed that and put it on you, you can clearly hear the frustration because I saw the frustration at that press conference watching that last night, Martin. He could not believe that team got beat like that to a team they thought they are going to do that to when it came to Florida State. Yeah, after every big play in the second half, the cameras went to either Brian Kelly or one of his players or, or up to the booth with a coordinator, everybody had the same confused look. Yes. Like, you don't want everybody to look confused, <laughs> right? Players, okay, you get beat on a play, maybe you look confused. That, that We get that. Maybe a coordinator's like, man, I don't know what happened there. But when the head coach, the coordinator, the players, everybody's mm-hmm. like, what just happened? That's a bad, bad sign. And whatever happened at half t- halftime, give Mike Norvell credit because he made the proper adjustments, and that offense was blazing in the second half, and Brian Kelly got out coached at the end of the day. Like, that is where it starts. If you tell me you lose on a bad penalty late, on a late touchdown, because somebody was undisciplined, okay, I get it. But when right. you give up 31 unanswered points, you have a coaching thing that you got to figure out 
and that was the issue yesterday. By the way, my Metcalf, Freddie Cohen together. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and also ESPNU. That game all of a sudden against Clemson on September 23rd at Clemson is going to take on a lot of significance because based on the preseason rankings, Florida State wins that ball game. They have made, they, they may have an easy path to get the ACC championship game. Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke, Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Miami, North Alabama, Florida. Not exactly a murderer's row of teams that they have to go through to maintain an undefeated streak and get the ACC championship game. All of a sudden, that game becomes muy importante. It was important as it was anyway. But Florida State runs that. They may have the easiest schedule anybody trying to make the college football playoff when it comes to what they were able to do last night and kind of set that stage. Yeah, Fred, I mean, it felt like a game that LSU wanted, but there are recovery opportunities on their schedule. It felt like a game that FSU had to win if they were going to be on the path to the playoff. Yeah, and they know that, and all of a sudden now they don't have a lot of answers to questions, but LSU, they're completely on the other side of that. So how legitimate is Florida State after beating LSU, and how legitimate should we take Colorado football after they upset TCU? We'll answer both of those questions after Myron has this from OOO O'Reilly. The break best brand family is growing at O'Reilly Auto Parts. The new Break Beat Select Pro brand raises the bar for best domestic brake pads and rotors with vehicle specific friction formulations, quiet tech noise canceling shims, and stainless steel hardware for those who demand the best when choosing their brake parts. Break Best Select Pro. Professional grade breaks from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. Hello, I'm Myron Metcalf. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series so XM Channel 80 and ESPNU presented by Samsung. Samsung is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, get game time ready with the Samsung Bespoke 4-Door Flex Refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. It's always good to bring one of our favorites. He is Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show weekend, weekdays excuse me, in ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Paul, he said it on Thursday that they were going to beat the heck out of LSU when it comes to Brian Kelly, the LSU head coach. He got the heck beaten out of his football team in the second half. The floor is yours. What did you see last night by Florida State doing that to LSU? 
Yeah, they, they beat a lot more than the heck out of them last night, Freddie. Thanks. Uh, I, <laughs> I I was really stunned because I, I never bought into LSU playoff team, LSU uh, being Georgia, making it to the championship. But I thought they would be a lot uh, better organized than that, and primarily because of Brian Kelly. He's one of the most meticulous coaches in the country. But it looked like uh, Ed Ogeron was back uh, oh, in his final days. I mean, that was a slipshod uh, disgraceful presentation. It started early. Uh, you know, they couldn't get in from the one-yard line. Then they uh, gambled again instead of taking a field goal. Uh, it's just mistake on mistake. And in the end, it was really Florida State just beating them down. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. It, you don't expect to see that with an LSU team. You look back to last year when they got run by 28 at home uh, against Tennessee. They lost the last game uh, against a lousy Texas A&M team, and you thought, okay, well, that was the first year. But it, but here we are again, and, and here's the hard part for LSU. Guess what they have to do the rest of the way? Run the table, and that mm-hmm. includes a win over Georgia because they're not getting in the playoff with two losses. Uh, Paul, obviously everyone's talking about Deion Sanders and the electricity in the game, uh, his comments after the game. How good do you think Deion Sanders could be at Colorado in the transfer portal era? Let me readjust my three-win uh, projection for the team, like everybody else. Um, I, I mean, he's. I don't care, Myron, if if Colorado doesn't win another game. Dion's already uh, stamped uh, his his signature on this program, and and he won on the weekend he had to win. What I mean by that, Freddie, is this: nothing else was going on uh, over this weekend other than the game last night. So if, if he. He could have won the day by making it close. Instead, uh, he punched TCU. And, and, and by the way, shouldn't we have really been surprised? Think about this. Uh, back in L.A. in January and now on the biggest stage again in September. And once again, TCU choked, threw up all over the field, disgraced everything about that program. In two consecutive games, all the hard work that Sonny Dykes has done, literally out the window. You can't get humiliated twice in a row on national television uh, in the biggest game of the day, the, the championship game in this game, and, and hope to have a reputation left. But it's all about Dion, and, yeah, it's, it, it's humorous in a way to look at the Heisman fa- finalists uh, and see two, two of the three or four coming from one team. But it's also even more ridiculous to be talking about the Heisman on Labor Day. The great Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show with Freddie Cohen and Maya Metcalf this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPNU, staying on that that whole tip when it comes to Deion Sanders because plenty of people want to see him fail. Lee Cross from college game, they thought they were going to get blown out by TCU because he does not like the way that he's gone about flipping that program. And even in the postgame, Deion Sanders said, oh, we're keeping receipts. We know what people have said about us. If you don't believe in us and not with us, you're going to be against us. What are your thoughts about all of that when it comes to the blast and the fallout at the Colorado one on Saturday, Paul? Listen, Freddie, I don't want to act like I'm a teenager criticizing 89-year-old Lee Corso but, <laughs> because I'm closer to his age than most people. But the, the bottom line is it's a generational thing. And, and, in, and in 2023, what, what Prime is doing is really where it's at in college football. Let, let's quit talking about college football like, like there's standards and principles and you just don't blow up a team because it, it, it's insulting to the integrity. The sport – has no integrity anymore. I mean, just look at what the ACC did last week and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. It doesn't matter. So I don't really care what he did. I like what he did, and I promise you 22-year-olds all over the country are like it. I saw a tweet Saturday afternoon from Travis 
ETN. He used to play at Clemson. His mm-hmm. brother plays at at Florida, uh, and it was part of that disastrous effort. And he said, hey, hey, bro, what about Coach Prime? In other words, get out of Florida and get to Boulder. That's what's <laughs> happening. And that's why Dion is resonating, and that's why he's shutting up all the old-timers, all the curmudgeons of the world who just said, oh, that's not the way we used to do it. Well, there's no such thing as that anymore. Paul, the ACC adds Cal and Stanford. I guess they got SMU because of its airport or something like that. <laughs> what does this all do uh, for the ACC, if anything? Um, I'll, I'll try to refrain from uh, Titanic references, but it puts them clearly in sight of that iceberg uh, down the road that's going to blow this league up. Um, I, of all the crazy, uh, idiotic, insane things we've seen in, alliance, in, in the Alliance game or realignment game, realignment game, this is the worst. I mean, this was already a program, a, a conference that was struggling. Yeah, I know what happened Saturday with, with, with North Carolina, and I know what happened last night. But, and, and Clemson's on the stage tonight. But mostly, this is a diminished league with an inferior television deal. Wow. Uh, don't go down the hall and ask about that, by the way, Freddie. And, <laughs> and, and, and the point being, they needed to stand firm and hope that they, they could find a path forward. Instead, they've essentially written their own death certificate. They're, they're telling North Carolina and Clemson and Florida State, those are the three universities that voted against this, Get lost. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you get out of your deal. It'll cost you $130 million, whatever it is. But we just we just turned a fourth-rate college football program into something that is non-existent. And that's really what it is. Uh, there was a battle right now for number three after the Big Ten and the SEC. The ACC has lost that battle. The, the Big 12 is clearly in, in charge now. Colorado coming over there next year, as you guys know. And, and this is the fourth-best conference. Guess what? Out of four. Because there's no such thing as a Power Five anymore. <laughs> Speaking of that, because we're losing the Pac-12, and it's already, like you mentioned, it's definitely Titanicville when it comes to that. But the Titanic had a 13-0 and weekend when it comes to the Pac-12 this weekend. Other than that and Deion Sanders, what either impressed you or left you scratching your head from this weekend, the first weekend officially, Paul, in college football? Well, I saw a lot of contenders out west, uh, Washington being one. You have Oregon. I mean uh, – SC is not going to roll roll over everyone. This will be a very tough league. Uh, on a much lo- a different scale, I, I was encouraged by Alabama and Jalen Milrow. Right. Uh, the comparisons to Jalen Hurts are maybe a premature. Let's see what happens Saturday night against Texas. Uh, Freddie, turn the volume down because I don't want any of my brethren at the SEC Network to hear me. <laughs> but this was a terrible weekend for the SEC, Okay. Um, you won't hear me say that later on the SEC Network. That's against the rules. But <laughs> the bottom line is, uh, in the three most competitive games of the weekend, starting Thursday night with, with, with Florida, uh, just just looking uh, miserable against Utah, even South Carolina getting rolled by North Carolina, and then last night, uh, the obvious one with Florida State and LSU. Those are the only three games that mattered in the SEC, and the SEC lost all three. Paul, how, about, how important is Texas A&M in the strength of this league this year? It's very important, and I don't know what you can read into a game like the other night, but it looked different. Uh, with Bob Petrino calling the plays, uh, they're a much more dynamic team. And listen, we don't have to like Bobby Petrino. By the way, that is not even possible to like him. Uh, but the, the point being, they have a really good quarterback. Uh, they have, a lot, of, they, they have a, a lot of dynamic players. They play a really important game this weekend. Uh, if there could be a game at Miami off the radar, 
this is it. Uh, but but you know, this is a chance for them to, to make a to have a road win and to be in position in a couple of weeks when Bama comes there. Hey, Paul, make sure you don't get fired today, okay? Criticizing the SEC. We'll talk to you soon, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Freddie, thanks so much, guys. See you, Myron. Absolutely. The great Paul Feinbaum from the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays on ESPN Radio and the SEC Network from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Speaking of that, Stephen South in North Carolina, excuse me, at triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Steve, what do you guys say about college football week one? Hey, pretty good. How you doing, Fred? Fred, you're my good. favorite dude, Fred. I like, love hearing you in the morning. Appreciate Every time you. I get a chance, I you know that. Appreciate you. So, you know, hey, Fred, I, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm from North Carolina, so I, I'm tired of this bashing of the ACC. We, we got a few things to prove. If you look at overall ACC, yeah, football and basketball is number one money revenues, mm-hmm. but who wins the most championships overall? Thank you. Okay. And, well, uh, nevertheless, getting back to football, uh-huh. I, I think the ACC is – going to make some I, – I don't trust Virginia as a whole state, to be honest with you, but the rest of them, I think it's going to be a slight improvement. None of them, Virginia Tech, none of that stuff. You know, so, you know we'll see what happens, but I love the ACC. I'm not going to beat them up. No doubt about it. And, Steve, I'll say this about North Carolina. They play defense like that with the way they can run the football and Drake May as a quarterback. That's a team that's right now number 21 in the country, Myron that could make some inroads to Clemson and Florida State. North Carolina State, they're fast on defense. And now they got Brendan Armstrong, a quarterback, to transfer to Virginia. If he can play like we saw the first three years of Virginia, where he was a dominant guy playing quarterback, yeah, bashing the ACC a little bit. I just looked at the rest of the schedule of Florida State. Not a lot of heavyweights in that schedule. But that does mean that North Carolina, North Carolina State can't make an impact in that league with Clemson and Florida State. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a window for that. I think success for the ACC, honestly, will be getting through this football season without somebody talking about leaving in the future. Amen. Honestly, keeping Amen. this league intact yeah. is going to be a success yeah. for the ACC. It is essential to keep Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina in your league if you're, you're going to add Stanford, California, and SMU, and that's going to take effect next year in the ACC. Your boldest NFL prediction – my Metcalf and Freddie Coleman, we want to hear it from you at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Make it as bold and in big caps as possible, and we will not judge. We're gonna let you have it the way you want it. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Get my Metcalf and Freddie Coleman your boldest NFL prediction for twenty twenty three, and you can be heard next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. Meyer Metcalf joining yeah, me, Freddie Coleman, this morning, presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and also ESPNU as well. Series X and Channel 80, like we mentioned, college football week went almost over tonight. You got Duke versus Clemson. That's going to end the big Labor Day weekend. And then the National Football League gets started on Thursday night as Kansas City gets the championship rings. The Chiefs will hold the Detroit Lions to kick off week one of the NFL, this season opener of the NFL. We've gotten a lot of great predictions, bold predictions from you. When it comes to the NFL season, Mark, for those who didn't catch your bowl prediction, what was yours? Well, my NFC prediction was Seattle to yep. the NFC Championship game. You want an AFC one? Give me an AFC one, sure. Make it two for two. Baltimore Ravens to the Super Bowl. I could definitely see that. With their defense and Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers being drafted, Odell Beckham Jr. looking good in camp, I'm Rashad Bateman, you. you got Mark Andrews, one of the most underrated players in the National Football League. And that team they got one, pieces. Yeah, they do have pieces. At one point, that team had the best record in the AFC before the injuries racked that football team. So uh, we shall see, but they got all the makings for that happening. My bold prediction is don't be surprised the Green Bay Packers in year one, Jordan Love, taking over Aaron Rodgers, that they get to the NFC playoffs by winning the NFC North. But let's hear from you at 888-729-3776 to end things in this Labor Day weekend. Scott, in New York, what is your bold prediction for this year in the NFL? Okay, a lot of people have uh, been giving up bold predictions. Uh, other people might be look, thinking this one's insane, and I promise you I haven't been drinking. But uh, say when okay. uh, Purdy uh, might not make it through the season, you're going to see a guy that was on fire at the end of the last year, Sam Darnold, step up, take the Niners of the Super Bowl, and even crazier in the AFC. Tua, we know the issues he has. He's going to go down, and Mike White's going to rise from the ashes and. uh it's going to be Mike White versus Sam Darnold to turn the world upside down. First sign of the apocalypse. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, is, that would be. That would be the apocalypse. I'm not against bold predictions like that, and he brought facts according to him with that when it comes to Scott in New York. I'm not opposed yeah. to that in terms of bold prediction. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, and he had to yeah. explain it, and he did explain it, Martin, when it came to that. Oh, no, that, that, that's, that's really bold. One thing about Brock Purdy, Fred, yeah. that I think about, like, what are the chances that he peaked? Like, what are the chances that that miraculous season by the last pick mm-hmm. in the NFL draft, a guy who made history, yeah. like, what if that's as good as it gets for him? Well, you know what I mean? Or what if that system that he, that really benefited him last year, that he's really grown comfortable in, and he gets even better in that system because that's, he can make those kind of throws? I, I can't wait to see how that pocket is filled up because I'm not saying that you're wrong in terms of maybe they got the best out of him, then you get more film on Brock Purdy. And then that's going to be it. We know the NFL is like an amoeba. It, it can swallow you up if you don't make those kind of adjustments. We'll see exactly how that system can make that work for Brock Purdy because he was fantastic. But the NFL is second by second, not year by year anymore. Brian in South Carolina, what is your bold prediction this year for the NFL? What, what I'm wondering is for you guys breakdancing to uh, new edition Candy Girl mm-hmm. there in the studio. <laughs> I was dancing. I was vibing. I, 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 I could I – could, I could see Freddie uh, having a uh, refrigerator uh, cardboard box on the floor and spinning. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I was never a break dancer. You know why? Because you couldn't why? dance with girls as a break so dancer. You, you couldn't <laughs> dance with them. And that was, was a big thing about dancing with girls. 
Break dancers yeah. never dance with girls. Nah, yeah. I, I wasn't making that trade. No way. <laughs> I was a beatboxer. Okay. I wasn't our, a break dancer. Our bodies don't move as good as they used to, right? Amen. A lot of a lot of break dancers out there, like in in, in hospital care, because of their broken backs and knees. <laughs> Brian, what's your NFL prediction, partner? <laughs> I, I got my Dolphins coming out of the East. The AFC Championship is going to be in South Beach, baby. Okay. You know what? The, the way their defense played towards the end of the year, and Bradley Chubb, I think, is going to be better for this defense, having a chance to have a full training camp. We know what kind of Olympic track team that they have on the outside, and their running game's pretty underrated. If Tua can stay healthy, they have as many pieces, in my opinion, Myron, as anybody in the AFC to make that kind of run, not just in that division in the AFC East. Yeah, I think the thing we forget about Tua is that healthy Tua statistically – was right there among the best quarterbacks in the NFL last Absolutely. year. It was just then the injuries changed everything. But he was playing great when he was available. I think if he's available with the receivers he has, yeah. they're definitely going to be a threat to the entire NFL. Yeah, I, right now I still have them as the second best team in the AFC East, a little bit above yeah. the Jets, a little bit behind the Buffalo Bills. But I can see any one of those threes, three teams winning that division when it's all said and done. Jeff in Tampa, what is your bold NFL prediction? Let Meyer Metcalf and Freddie Coleman know right now on ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, my bold prediction hey. is that there will be a record number of teams with at least 10 wins and not make the playoffs. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of feeling that. I could In a loaded AFC, and there's always a couple of teams that show up, Meyer, that we did not expect. Yeah, that that may not be a bold prediction. That may turn to be a bold reality, what Jeff and Tampa had to say. I mean, you look at the AFC alone, between the AFC East mm-hmm. and the AFC North, mm-hmm. you're going to have some good team that doesn't get a chance to go to the playoffs. So yeah. it's possible. Yeah, you could have two teams maybe not having a chance to make the playoffs or having a really good record in a loaded yeah. AFC. One more from Aaron in South Carolina. Big Aaron, what is your, what is your NFL bold prediction for 2023? Morning, gentlemen. Um, so my bold prediction, um, and I'm a diehard New York Giants fan, but I predict Trey Lance will be starting by Thanksgiving as Mike McCarthy tries to save his job. If Trey Lance is starting by Thanksgiving, that yeah. that may be the best bold prediction ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't beat Sam Darnold. Nope. So the idea that he's going to be a starter in this league at any point. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, put it this way. Trey Lance has to worry about finding out if he can actually play worthy in the National Football League, not trying to beat out somebody because he's going to beat out Brock Purdy, the last pick in the draft. And look what Brock Purdy did for the San Francisco 49ers. Mine, man, always a pleasure, my friend. I'm sure we were definitely talking hand with each other together soon, my man. Definitely. Always a pleasure. No doubt about it. Greeny with Courtney Cronin and Jeff Turner for Mike Greenberg today. On this Labor Day, thanks for joining us. For my Metcalf and Freddie Coleman, this is the mighty ESPN Radio and ESPNU. This is ESPN Radio. More next.